damn show here today. Stamp show here today. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together. This is Cash with my podcast Relics of History, episode number two. Hopefully you enjoyed the teaser episode number one. Um, this is at relics.podbean, like a pod and then a bean.com. Please, if you enjoy this, click on and listen to my podcast. I would really appreciate getting the hits. And this again is my stamp exhibit. For over 5,000 years, not much changed about how we found our drinking water, or made our clothes, or disposed of our waste. Most people lived on or near a farm with a few exceptions. Most people lived between 25 and 45 years of age. Education was a privilege. For over 5,000 years, we never developed a weapon that could kill more than a dozen people at once, or a way to travel faster than a horse. For 5,000 years, most people never owned a single item that was made outside of their immediate community. The Industrial Revolution changed all this. Prior revolutions changed the flag of a country and the map lines and who collected the taxes. But the Industrial Revolution changed the way we work, eat, and live. You have electricity? Thank the Industrial Revolution. Blueberries in winter? Thank the Industrial Revolution. You live somewhere other than a farm. Thank the Industrial Revolution. You get 12 years of free education. Thank the Industrial Revolution. Your bed, your tap water, your medicine. Thank the Industrial Revolution. This is Relics of the Past, a podcast dedicated to history. The Industrial Revolution, though, should be seen like the computer revolution. The invention of the computer was the development of a tool 
what most of us use the computer for today is for participating in society. We read Twitter. We go on Facebook. We send emails. We go to the websites that give us the news we want to watch, the videos we want to see. The story is about our entertainers. The steam engine was the same. Yes, the steam engine in the beginning helped pump water out of coal mines. But as time went by, it developed into faster boats and faster trains. It developed into printing press and paper making machines and textile industry. This tool changed the way that we do everything, including how we communicate with each other. I'm going to start our story in 1844 with a gentleman by the name of Lysander Spooner. The music for this podcast is by Stephen Foster. It was written in 1850 and it's named Nellie Bly. For your information, Stephen Foster is the fellow on the one cent green famous American stamp of 1940 of the American composers. It's Scott's number 879. Before 1844, letters were weighed and the distance measured to determine how much it cost to send a letter. A letter going from New York to Boston was expensive, and it took about five days to get there. Then a man named Lysander Spooner came along. He was born in 1808, which puts him right about the same age as Robert E. Lee and Abraham Lincoln. He is a difficult person to categorize. Many call him an American anarchist. Today, we would consider him either extremely right-wing or extremely left-wing. It's very difficult to pigeonhole this fellow. He was an ardent abolitionist. He hated monopolies. He also rejected the control from the state and the federal government. In 1844, Lysander Spooner, relying on Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, for those of you who want to fact-check him, that's the part that gives the federal government the right to establish post offices and postal roads. Well, his question was one of free speech. He said that if you have free speech, but you have no way to deliver that free speech, then do you really have free speech? Today we have Facebook and Twitter, we have emails, we have many ways to have our opinions heard. But in 1844, if you printed a pamphlet or wrote a letter, it went via the mail. And so a government monopoly 
on the mail system at that time gave them a monopoly on free speech. To combat this, in 1844, Lysander Spooner established the American Letter Mail Company. He reduced the price of mail by more than half. He delivered the mail faster and cheaper. Not only that, but Mr. Spooner would deliver the mail directly to your front door, whether it's your business or your home. The government delivered the mail from a post office to another post office and you went to pick up your mail. He reduced the rates, he reduced the time, and he delivered to your front door. He reduced these rates by using the technology of the time. He had regularly scheduled pickups and deliveries. He had special people to pick up and deliver mails over certain roads. He used trains, steamboats. He made contracts with these companies so that he was sure that his letters would get where they needed to get as quickly as possible. This is something at the time that the American post office just really didn't do. Well, the American post office was starting to feel the pinch of the competition and they sued Mr. Spooner. In the court case, Mr. Spooner brought up four points. The first one is that the post office is charging extravagant fees. It's due to the inefficient usage of the new technologies, the trains and the steamboats. His second point was that the Constitution allows the government to establish post offices and postal roads, but it does not give the government a monopoly over these. Any person who wishes to operate a mail system should be allowed to. His third point was the immense patronage that occurred. And given that it was a monopoly, this led to inevitable corruption. I'm going to cover this more in depth in another podcast. His fourth point was the monopoly practices fostered finger quotes the production of nothing but inadequate service. He won the court case. But in 1845, the government changed the laws and put him out of business. It was a combination of closing some loopholes as well as just the extravagant fees that were required to fight the government on this. So in 1845, Lysander Spooner's American Lettermail Company went out of business. However, it had a major impact on what was going on at the time. In 1847, the U.S. government lowered its rates. It could cost as much as 13 and a third cents to send a letter. They reduced this to five cents. And on July 1st of 1851, they reduced it to three cents. This was to compete with the private mail companies. They also reduced their drop letter rate, which was 
a one cent fee where you could take a letter to the post office, hand it to the postal clerk and leave. Then the recipient would come in and pick up the letter. So for one cent, you were able to deliver a letter at the same post office to another person. The post office also instituted various carrier fees. For one cent, you could deliver a letter to the person's front door or pick it up from their front door and deliver it to the post office. These changes would never have occurred without Mr. Spooner's competition. Mr. Spooner may have gone out of business, but he had a major impact on the Postal Service. On July 1st, 1851, a letter traveling less than 3,000 miles was three cents. This was an incredible reduction in the postal rates. A letter traveling over 3,000 miles, which was mostly to California or Oregon, cost six cents. It later was raised to 10 cents. Foreign letters also were reduced. The American Mail Letter Company may have gone out of business, but there were other mail companies that survived. And they survived for a while longer until the government eventually put them out of business also. The government increased the profitability of the post office by banning the competition.